Hello everyone and welcome to Rolling Forward. I am your host Ben Baldieri and thank you for tuning in. Rolling Forward is dedicated to exploring topics related to mental health and sports and the interplay between the two. I'll be talking to high performers in various areas such as sport, entrepreneurship and business about their experiences with mental health and the struggles they have had and in doing so seeking to broaden the dialogue. Mental health is a huge issue which has historically not received the recognition it deserves so I'm looking to do my bit to change that. My guest today is Linda Dunn. Linda is the founder of a hotel digital marketing agency geared towards presenting boutique hotels as a luxury experience and not just a hotel room. Drawing on her experiences as an Instagram influencer with over 50,000 followers and as an active blogger, Linda has intimate knowledge of the digital marketing landscape and furnishes her clients with tactics that work for luxury boutique hotels. Now this conversation is slightly different in that we explore the mental health impact that living a life through social media, specifically Instagram, can have and how the need to keep up with everyone and present an outward image of the perfect life can really take a toll on one's well-being. We also explore the stresses associated with trying to launch a hotel marketing agency in the midst of a global pandemic whereby no one is able to travel, hotels aren't open, and generally the budget just doesn't exist. So in this conversation, we explore some of Linda's strategies for managing such a massive amount of uncertainty, managing the stresses of being in the spotlight 24-7 thanks to Instagram and social media. And then in the rest of the conversation, we explore the impact that social media can have in a slightly wider sense. This was a fascinating conversation in the it was really quite unique to be able to explore what it's like to be someone who has been able to leverage these social media platforms so effectively and explore their perspectives on the impact that these platforms can have on one's mental health. Social media is ubiquitous, so it's important to have a healthy relationship with it. Many thanks to Linda for sharing her story, so please go ahead and enjoy this conversation with Linda Dump. Good evening slash morning slash afternoon, Linda. How are you? Hello. Hello. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Very, very well. Very well indeed. Thank you very much for taking the time to do this. This is, um, I think, which one is this? This is, I think, my sixth podcast off the back of LinkedIn. Um, it's been a fantastic tool for connecting with interesting people who are willing to share their story in the space that I'm, I'm operating in. That's exciting. I'm, I'm glad to be part of it. Mm-hmm. much appreciated so just as a bit of a, a primer for, for the listeners could you give us like a just a brief overview of what you're doing now um and then if you would like a how you ended up doing what you're doing at the moment yes yeah, sure so um I'm a digital marketing strategist and I run a hotel digital marketing agency. We help hotels drive more direct bookings as well as currently with the crisis management. Uh, We do it through tailored digital marketing strategies. Um, I've been also recently invited to become a lead network developer within Europe for a LinkedIn networking group called Virtual League. Um, It's an advanced virtual networking group for business professionals. And um, right now, I'm focusing mostly on creating, um, on developing my own agency and also creating opportunities to grow my business. 
Um, so that's that's for the moment. But um, it took me a while to get there because um, I had no idea what my mission in life is. I've mm. always felt that I'm capable of something more on owning the biz- my own business. But um, obviously, it's not enough. It's like, yes, I want to have a business. What would you like to do? I don't know. So how serious that sounds, right? Um, but I've always been... Um, a traveler. I've always traveled the world and I loved it. When And then eventually I decided I should create my own travel blog because I have so much to share. So that started three years ago. And this platform allowed me to learn more about digital marketing and also connect with hotels because that's as it turns out, that's two of my passions, digital mm-hmm. marketing and luxury hotels, especially boutique hotels. And while I was running my own travel blog, I did both digital marketing and I worked with the hotels. But at that point, I didn't realize that that's my mission. I just enjoyed doing it. I treated mm-hmm. more as a hobby, less than a business, although it allowed me to keep traveling. I just thought, yeah, that's just a nice income that I'm enjoying so I continued with um, accepting a job in in one of the boutique hotels unfortunately that kind of killed my travel blog (laughs) it was kind of sad but I think uh, things happen for the reason and I learned more about the hospitality from from the inside in within the hotel and later on, I realized, well, this is it. It all has come a full circle. And then I realized that I can have my own agency. I can help more hotels, not just one hotel, because I have so many ideas, so many strategies, and businesses can be so different. What works for one business won't work for the other. So it creates more challenges and you can get more creative. So I started building uh, my own agency um, not that long ago, only last year. So uh, it's uh, quite recent. But at the moment, because of uh, the whole COVID virus situation, it has become a little bit challenging because, as we know, hospitality and travel industries have been affected a lot. But there are still opportunities. Now my job is more to educate hotels that they need to keep going. It doesn't matter how much budget they have. There's always chances to be in front of the audience because so many think, okay, we will come back when we are able to work again and open our doors to our guests. But I'm trying to educate them that whatever their opportunities like financially are or you know, there's always chance to to now be winners right now. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, from the, from the sounds of things, um, when you established your your travel blog a while back, um, it was it was done because it was something that you enjoyed doing, as opposed to with a view to turning it into a, a money maker. Was like was making money from the travel blog. Was that one of the primary aims, or was that kind of an added bonus? Not at first. It was right before I moved to India, because that seemed like a huge thing. Because I'm from Europe, and moving to uh, India, I, I got 
a marketing job offer in contemporary art gallery. And uh, I went to work and live in, in, in Jaipur. And that seemed like a really fun thing. And I've always been good with writing, with creative stuff, with creating videos, social media. Um, I, I was already into Instagram a lot. I already had built some community around there. So I thought now I can add a travel blog. At first, it wasn't my aim to earn money with it. It was just for fun. But then I explored this field more and I realized, wow, I can do so much more with it. And so I started collaborating with hotels as an influencer. But then I moved even further with that because, okay, getting free stays in hotels and writing about it's fun. But at the same time, what I have implemented for my travel blog, I can help them to to support their business. Mm -hmm. So so I added a value to my offer, not like, okay, I will stay for free <laughs> and write about you, but I can add more bonus to it. And, uh, and that's how I already started working with hotels. I didn't realize that it's actually a good business model then. Mm -hmm. it, it just helped me to keep traveling. Um, it came only later when, when I realized uh, what it means to have a business mind. I also actually spent last year and, and this year working with mentors that have shifted my mind in the right direction mm -hmm. where I always wanted to go. I, was, I wasn't surrounded with the right well, with business mind people so much in my 20s, <laughs> for example, like a while back. But, uh, but now I found my mentors that have invested mm -hmm. in, in, in me a lot. So that mm -hmm. has helped. What is your um, background then? If uh, like entrepreneur, your journey into entrepreneurship sounds as though, and please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, sounds as though it's been a bit, a bit of a roundabout trip, like you've kind of come into it because it's something that's happened to you, not something you were necessarily strictly working towards. Where was that journey? Where did that journey begin? Because you, you've mentioned that you had a love of travel, but what were you doing when that love kind of really started to, to take off as it were? Well, my educational background is actually very uh, right for the place I am right now. I've studied public relations, mm. uh, which is which is complementing my uh, professional life right now. However, after finishing university, I ended up in the most uncreative field you could imagine in the government doing public procurements. Oh, that sounds you're, wonderful. You're wonderful, for sure. <laughs> Pure paperwork, you know, and, and in the government, you can't speak about flexibility and remote work. They don't judge you for what you do and the results you bring. If you are leaving five minutes before 5 p.m. and you are not eating at 12 p.m., then you're not great, <laughs> you know, in your evaluation and everything. Oh, it, it was, yeah, it, it was very, very depressing and it was a really hard time because being a creative person and being in the wrong place that that cost me a lot of my <laughs> nerves and, and mm -hmm. um, my very emotional time but uh, and that but I, I eventually quit and then I started traveling and and finding the ways how to support that and and yeah because I was already 
I am a creative person. I had this, I have studied public relations. Then somehow I came back to that. And, uh, and when you do something you're meant to do, well, then it just comes to you naturally mm-hmm. and easy. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, I can, I can certainly empathize with the, um, being in a, being in a job that you are not supposed to be in where you are not necessarily a, um, a complementary fit for the the values of the organization or the values of the industry that you find yourself in. It's, it's uh, not, not an easy place to be for sure. Uh, you mentioned then you moved to India to work in, work with a, was it with or within a contemporary art gallery in Jaipur? How yes. did, from procurement in government to a contemporary art gallery in India. How does that come about? How did that opportunity kind of arrive for you? Well, I was already away from all the government Mm -hmm. uh, uh, industry and um, it was, I would say, by the accident because my friend sent me uh, the information that they are Mm -hmm. looking for someone and... um, and I just applied because uh, I had nothing to lose. At that point, I didn't have any future plans or obligations. I could just go. <laughs> so I did that. I had an interview and I got accepted. Honestly, it was not because of work opportunity. It was more to have the experience living in India and exploring India from within as an insider, because I wasn't a tourist there mm-hmm. um, from from day one, which was way more interesting and way more exciting. I was uh, staying there with uh, two other girls, so um, I, I wasn't there alone, which helped a lot, because uh, being a woman in India is a little bit challenging, yes. but mm-hmm. it, it's very doable. I think some people are exaggerating as well. You just have to be cautious and and do basic things like not going out after 9 p.m. and, uh, you know, taking taxis, not walking and really dress appropriately. So it's not that bad as it sounds, but you have to be cautious. So it, it, it was really a great experience. I spent there um, around five months altogether. Mm-hmm. How was the experience? Where were you traveling beforehand? And was, was this your first trip to India? At this point, yes, mm-hmm. yes, it was my first trip to India. What was the experience uh, of um, culture shock like for you? There was a culture shock for sure, especially at work, the way they do business. Um, it was, yeah, it was funny because I will tell you a fun story. So, the owner was. Um, working together with the tour operators because the gallery was is located in Amberport, which is a really popular uh, destination for tourists. So uh, she was paying commission to the tour guides uh, if they bring in the uh, customers. So in order to attract uh, those tour operators, we faked one of our colleagues' birthday party. Fantastic. There was cake, balloons, music, everything. And our Indian colleague had a fake birthday. 
So we had a chance to invite all tour operators for a party. I haven't seen so many Indian men in one room. <laughs> so it was very extreme because me and those other girls and the owner who was a lady were the only female there. And there were like, I don't know, around 30 Indian men in one place. And chatting with them, honestly, they actually knew it wasn't a birthday party. They just came to eat and, and drink and have fun. <laughs> they weren't as, you know, easily tricked as, mm -hmm. as the owner thought. But but the, the whole business approach, like, here, here's a party, you know, come eat and drink. And by the way, well, don't forget to bring in those customers when, when, mm -hmm. you are, when they are with you. So... That's an interesting strategy. <laughs> mm -hmm. I can I can imagine it being um, quite an interesting way of life to adapt to. I mean, for me, um, living in China, I think my my desire to come and live here was broadly similar to your desire to go and live in India, in that I wanted to experience more of the country than you get to on that kind of touristic surface level, and. In the same way, the the experience of living here and the way that communication is done, the way that communication is not done in some cases, um, the way that things work, the way that things operate, it can, for European sensibilities, not necessarily make any sense at all. Um, but it's all all part of the fun for sure. Were there any points when you were when you were living there whereby? Um, homesickness became a big issue because for me, I've, I've dealt with homesickness living in China. It kind of came in waves though, from a, from a time perspective, like some days it's fine. Another day is like, I just really want to be somewhere else at the moment. So was there any of that for you? Not in India because that wasn't the first time I spent away from home for a longer period of time. I've been traveling for quite some time and, um, I don't, when I travel and when I stay longer somewhere, I don't miss home as my country, mm -hmm. um, as, as my home in that sense. But uh, I definitely start missing my family and friends. And sometimes video calls are not enough. You really want to feel them near you. You want to hug them and, and, and really spend that special moment in person. That's what's sometimes hard to deal with. Yeah, I think, um, and especially at the moment when we are uh, when we are recording this episode, where most people's only social interaction is going to be through video calls and Zoom and such, that is, yeah, um, particularly poignant. So, how long were you in India for? Um, I spent there uh, five months. And then, what yeah. was uh, what came after that? After that, I returned back home to Riga again with no idea what I'm going to do, but still having my uh, travel blog going and working with some hotels. And for me, I can't stay too long here in Latvia. I really need to travel and move. So that was the time when I accepted a job offer in a boutique hotel and uh, to learn more about hospitality uh, so I can align both digital marketing and hotel business. So, and that helped a lot and it was really a great uh, hotel and they gave me a freedom of uh, doing my marketing activities. The owner was very flexible. I just said, let's do this. She was like, fine, let's do it. So, so I could 
shift my uh, interests into digital marketing very easily and uh, and test and and see what happens and that that was really a good experience before starting my own agency because then I already had the experience and understand mm-hmm. what I'm actually doing mm-hmm. yeah I think um as you say gain, gaining that professional experience before you take the leap um such that you've already got effectively proof of concept in that what you're looking to do has already been done and you've already managed to do it successfully. That's, that's something that can be incredibly valuable. What was something? Yeah, that's very true because, yeah, because I've heard also different opinions that you just have to build your business and learn on job when you build your business. I think I disagree with that because when I work with clients, I want to be sure I can guarantee results well, at least the quality for sure. If they are my testing phase, but I don't think you can build a good credibility out of it. You really need to know what you're doing first before you go into the business world because you have to prove yourself much harder when you start out. So you better have some skill set first. Mm, yeah, it's the, the, the argument against like, do you follow something that you're passionate about from the beginning or do you stick at something or stay within a specific area for long enough that the passion starts to develop more organically and that you get very good at something and you become passionate about it? I think you can't fake your passion. Mm -hmm. You can enjoy what comes naturally that you're good at. Um, I think it all aligns. If you're good at something, maybe it means that it is your natural passion. You can learn things, but you will always feel that it's not enough. You can do it. Yeah, if somebody asks, yeah, fine, I'll do that. But you won't won't get that full enjoyment out of it. But when it's really your passion, and and even if it is your passion, you still have to work on, on making it well, not even if not perfect, then better at what you do. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, you can learn things, but you will always feel the best when you do what's meant for you. I think. Yeah, agreed. Agreed, one hundred percent there. So, when you made the decision to to open up your own agency, what was that thought process like? Was that something that you've been thinking about doing for a while at that point, or was it just something that suddenly felt like the right thing to do? It felt like the right thing to do, and I started to feel this um, last year, um, around January, but I didn't feel that I'm at that point to really uh, start it. So um, I started just working with clients, uh, doing digital marketing for them, and I also started to look for mentors um, so I have worked with two mentors altogether uh, most of the last year. The first mentor, really, uh, she was a business owner and she allowed me to see how she is doing her business. So she really shifted my mind. She shared her business strategies, numbers, the way she approaches the information you normally won't get anywhere and you know it's the business essence and that's something very valuable so so I really appreciated that she took me as 
you know, her apprentice even, I would say. So that was a really successful uh, collaboration with her. And then uh, she also became my client after that. So we are still working together, which is amazing. And then last year I met another mentor uh, who has also become my friend. She's amazing. She's uh, the kind of person I want to become in five, 10 years. So that's like perfect to have a mentor like that. We are still uh, also working together and uh, she also has uh, changed the perspective of how to approach business. She has helped me with my agency and that's uh, um, that's why I was also in Spain because uh, we started working online and it went really well. And then she's like, why don't you come to Spain? And, and we just do like a business incubator. I have projects, you have projects, let's, you know, just create a business environment in, in, in Spain. So we did that and and that's why it went so so well over there. And, and it was the right time and right place for me. Even if, you know, the travel industry is now on pause, it doesn't matter. It's it's not canceled after all. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. So it, it was really a good experience and so helped me a lot. Plenty of opportunity out there. So how did you um, arrive at the conclusion that you needed to find some mentors and then how did you go about finding them yeah so i was working on my own for a long time within my travel blog then in the hotel i was the only marketing manager there and it's only as much one person can do i was learning reading studying practicing but it was a one person's journey. And I felt like I'm, I'm stuck. I, I don't have anyone to ask for an opinion, for an advice. And I'm always looking up, you know, for some blog posts or, or something. That's, that's, that doesn't count. So I thought, okay, I need to find a mentor who already knows these things. And um, I just offered my help with their business because that would be a win-win situation. I would help them with their business. I would learn from their business. And in return, they would give me the access to their their strategies and their advice. And uh, that worked uh, really well. So how did you go about identifying um, who would be a, a good match, a good fit for you? Were you looking for people who were kind of already operating within the space that you were looking to go into or was there some other criteria that you were looking to to fulfill? I actually found one platform which is online uh, designed for this, uh, you know, opportunity to uh, bring together mentors and people who want to be mentored um, in exchange of helping each other out. So I registered there. And then you just see the profiles and you're just seeing who is match, who is not your match, what type of work they need to be helped with. And uh, you, then you start talking to people. So and then you, have, you get on a call. So you feel if there's a mutual vibe between you. So it's the whole process, but it's mostly just talking to them and, and feeling if there is a match or not. Probably the same as, as in, in a job interview mm-hmm. or something. What's the, what's the name of that platform, just out of curiosity? 
Um, it's called Acadium. It's uh, very uh, for it's for digital marketing specifically. Mm-hmm. So those who who are in digital marketing and starting yeah. out, even that's that's a good place to start. Awesome. What about so the this the mentor mentee relationships that you you have at the moment? Have they been more focused on the business side of things, or has there been any? kind of coaching involved in that as well so it's that um like identifying your niche identifying um what it is that you're supposed to be doing has there been have you done any work in that area with these mentors as well uh yes um actually both it's very business-minded but also i i get this chance to speak through my strategies and then they are adding their ideas and their the way they see the strategy working so I get a really valuable advice from my mentor and uh, that has really helped me to uh, get to the point I am right now because I'm also good at generating ideas and strategies but having a person who has an extended experience in the field adds an extra value and extra weight to it so you can do it even better. Mm -hmm. So you've you've built these relationships and you've you've come to the decision that the the smartest thing to be doing the best thing for you to be doing is starting your own agency what were the and aside from the fact that we are now in the in the midst of a global pandemic um, what are what have been some of the most significant challenges that you've faced so far in that process of building something out like that so my idea and perception of building a business was that you need to hustle and work hard and no matter what, don't stop and just go for it, which partly is true, but I took it to extreme. So um, most of my uh, work on building it uh, was happening in Spain since uh, January for three months. And what I did, my daily routine looked like that. So during the day, I was working uh, a little bit on my mentor's projects because it was fun and and exciting and the learning curve. And then when I finished with that, closer to the late afternoon, uh, I switched to my uh, agency business. And that went on for sometimes even until 4 a.m. in the morning. And all the time and I was like no that's how it is supposed to be Uh, if you want to be successful there's no limits you have to work you have to do it and and maybe that was too much because one day I felt wow I feel kind of dizzy kind of feverish but it doesn't feel like I'm having a flu or something it was a very weird feeling and what I was doing every day, I was going for a walk. That was my way of balancing work and, you know, downtime. And I was walking. I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to faint here. I feel so weird. And I couldn't understand what's happening to me. And I was still trying to push myself to work. But then on the third day, I think I said, you look, I think I need to take one or two days off. I don't know what's happening to me. And what I did, I did the basic things. I slept well. I, I ate well, I ate more than just one meal a day, as I did before. I meditated more, I just stayed in bed, really basic things. And what happened, I, I started to feel better. So 
obviously I went on for too much, too long. We are not robots after all. We are humans and we need our downtime. We need our healthy food. It's such obvious things I'm talking right now. It feels even a little bit silly to tell that out loud, but but sometimes we really forget that because I was so, I still am passionate about my business in growing it and uh, becoming something more and helping my clients and, and succeeding. But, but obviously there are limits and, and we need to balance. Now it's easy to say that because I'm still working on it. I'm not staying up until 4 a.m. anymore, but, but I'm still learning to, to balance because I really don't want to collapse because that also doesn't bring any results. You, you know, I also felt then that my quality, what I was doing, because I was so tired, you can't be 100% good at what you can, could do if you're well-rested and you eat as healthy. So it all just comes together and, and you, we just have to force ourselves to stop and take care of ourselves because that will help to succeed not the other way around mm-hmm. it's finding finding that sweet spot um whereby you're getting the maximum number of efficient hours in so you're getting as much productivity in as possible but not at the cost of your health <laughs> <laughs> that no, can be not. quite a difficult thing to manage as, as you say like if you're really passionate about something then tempering that passion or doing something that feels like tempering that passion by holding yourself back a little bit it's like, okay maybe maybe 4am isn't the smartest idea maybe maybe no. midnight would be slightly more acceptable yeah then, then we we created our whiteboard where one of the points were turning off the laptop at you know certain time <laughs> it was one of our rules <laughs> after that where did that um this perception of what a business is supposed to be come from out of curiosity it's hard to tell it was probably just my personal idea of how it should be because because before even when i had my travel blog it was all you know I managed to have fun. I managed to balance my life a lot and and maybe the pressure from the society because they I, I lived quite a good life from you know what looked for other people because I was traveling, you know, as you know, social media can create a perception, all those travel photos and they thought, ah, oh, you're you know, what what's wrong with you? Like uh, so maybe that felt like oh I'm not doing enough people are not taking me seriously and and uh, and you know I, I can achieve more so to achieve more you have to work more you have to prove that you are a hard worker not somebody who is lying by the pool and you know I, I, I didn't show how I was working on my on my blog that I was, you know, wrote, writing that and creating strategies. I just put out the beautiful photos because that's what influencers are supposed to do. But at that point, that was how I saw it. So that was the wrong perception. I maybe also created for the society. And then they pushed me in thinking that you're not doing enough. You're just doing a good life. And, you know, they didn't take me seriously. So mm-hmm. I think that that might be the reason why 
I, I imagine that you have to switch totally opposite to, to show <laughs> that you are doing something. Uh, did you find that, um, I mean, w- one of the things that um, you hear spoken about quite a lot at the moment is the impacts that social media can have on mental health. It can have on, for example, like your perception, as you mentioned briefly there or alluded to, um, your perception of where you are relative to your peers um, can end up somewhat warped because you invariably end up comparing your bloopers real like if you're having a bad day and then you look at your instagram or something and then then one of your friends is traveling somewhere they've got all of these very carefully curated photos that are fitting into a strategy um it's obviously not not necessarily going to make you feel fantastic about yourself did you find that being in involved in that space um that your your mental health suffered for it Actually, yes. I think now it has become better than it was three years ago when I was very active in in that. Three years ago, it was all about fake perception of how good life is and how good it looks like. And uh, I'm guilty of that as well, three years back. Um, And yeah, it it, it was, I, I think maybe that was also one of the reasons I quit it. Because you just can't keep up all the time. Even if you can with your photos, you can't mentally. Because it's not true. You know, even if it looks nice, and, and it's not that it isn't nice, but, but it's not all it is. You know, there are struggles. And, and I, I started speaking of my struggles even back then. And it, it got a good engagement and people could relate. But, but it was an early start for that and I wasn't mentally strong enough to continue. Now travel bloggers have changed and I think they are talking more of reality and and other issues that are happening. Um, But mentally for sure because even if I looked good I still compared myself to others Uh, and and it's just at one point there's no no energy left to keep it up And, and I also probably grew as a person and I stopped seeing the sense out in it like why? Mm-hmm. why why do I even do it and and also then I started shifting into more business-minded person and it just started feeling silly to go everywhere around with my camera and people traveling with me like take a photo here take a photo there and and all about my photos social media travel blog it just became like maybe too much and and too silly I I still think it's it's a great and creative thing to do and those who are still doing it are great just for me personally I I thought that yeah I think that this was a great phase to start something bigger Mm. was there any specific moment or event that led you to to making the decision to to walk away from it um as you mentioned like when you have you quit social media at this point i mean not in its entirety owing to the fact that you're still within the marketing world but from a more personal level um whereby you were looking to take these photos in various places was there a moment where you made that decision that like this is just not worth it anymore 
Yes, it was quite a simple moment because I already had a job in, in the hotel I mentioned before, and I just simply didn't have time for that. But uh, talking of my mental state, uh, connecting to that, that too, I actually quit my huge Instagram account. And so many people have asked me, wow, why don't you use those resources even for your clients? But when I think about it, something in my mind switches into, wow, that's kind of stressful. That's, wow, now I will need to engage all that audience. I'm so good at doing that for my clients. I, I am doing that, all that knowledge helps me to grow other people's social media uh, for sure uh, with so less stress as when I think of my own account because I think I went through such a uh, hard time mentally there to keep up with it. So now even if people are asking me, why don't you use it? Why don't you use it? They make a good point. But emotionally, I feel like, no, I don't want to get back there. <laughs> So yes, there there is some something that stops mm -hmm. me from from keeping that up. Mm -hmm. What were some of the um, the biggest mental struggles that you had when you were managing it? Was it just a case of feeling as though you had to be kind of on top of everything all the time, or were there any other like, for example, if you're if you're traveling a lot, were there any feelings of isolation or anything involved as well? No, I think my pain point and my uh, struggle was to finding what to do in life uh, professionally because I when, when people who didn't know me so well thought that I'm very light-minded that I will never work that I just look for easy ways out and I thought the same <laughs> for a while and it made me so anxious and depressed because somewhere within myself I also knew that you know I am actually smart I can do things I just had no idea how to make it happen because I had no idea what to do and it went on for years honestly and the older you get the more pressure you also get because you eventually you want to get that stability in your life you want to stand for some idea you want to you know protect something and and, and go with it and, and that I, I was really depressed by that because you want to do something and you have no idea what you can do and when when I realized what was that thing like my agency digital marketing hotels that was an amazing feeling it it went it it, it came very very slowly but so it's just not everyone knows what they are meant to do in their early 20s and even in their 30s and and people even change their careers in their 40s so it's okay <laughs> It's not easy. It, it, it will get you depressed, even if I'm saying that it's okay, but it's fine. You know, all, all success stories are not the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the road to success is not a straight line for sure. I mean, okay. I, my, my journey to doing what I'm doing at the moment um, is broadly similar. And if you, if you were to look at it on like a map, it just kind of goes a little bit like this, kind of all over the place. Um, but I think without the experiences 
that I've had, and I'm sure you'll attest to this, um, without the experiences that you pick up on this on this journey, when you are presented with an opportunity that feels like the right opportunity, the experiences that you've had in the lead up to that point allow you to know that that experience or that opportunity that is being presented to you is the right one because you know what the wrong one feels like. I agree totally, yes. So when um, when it came to, to figuring out your niche and figuring out what it was that you want to be doing, you mentioned that that was quite a slow process. What did what happened in this process? Well, what happened? I don't know. <laughs> it, it 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 went on and on, and 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 I tried different things, and I I, I was looking what other people are doing and where they looked successful mm. <laughs> so i was trying to fit in in other people's shoes that were not mine and trying to co- convince myself this is working this person is successful this is trending so i was kind of doing the wrong things for myself just looking at what others are doing but it was their mission so that's why they were successful so so I was trying to do different things and, and they didn't quite work because I didn't feel the passion for it. So again, I, I ended up quitting. And then again, you know how it looks like <laughs> when, when you quit things like, again, you're just not serious. But I was just in, in the process of finding my, my own thing. Mm. So what would you say your mission is now? Then? If you were to summarize it into one sentence, what would you say your mission is now? Business-wise. Whatever you have, interpret that question however you like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to feel in harmony with uh, what I do in my business life and also in my personal life. Mm -hmm. Awesome. It's it's very broad, but when when I I know what it means for me, finally. Mm Mm-hmm. So what does it mean for you then? <laughs> well, but I, I think you have to trust your inner feelings. And when you do something, like now I am building my business. I know the niche. Uh, I'm Even if the world is not ready for hotels and traveling industry, I don't feel that just because there is struggle, I'm giving up. I strongly believe in what I can bring to hotel industry through digital marketing. And I really believe in, in how I can help them. So I have no doubt that this is something I have to do no matter what happens in the world. So I just, of course, I have to adjust my strategies, the way I approach uh, clients and their audience but that's that's what that's what I do now, and it feels good. Nice, nice. fantastic. So, what are some of the um, if we were to circle back to the kind of the, the struggles that we are now facing on a more present level? What are some of the the big issues that you are finding are proving to be aside from the fact that currently there is a global travel ban near enough? Um, what are some of the issues that you your clients have commonly faced up until this point? 
Well, this is the biggest issue that so many have to close down uh, the whole hotel. They have to release their employees, uh, which is very painful and emotionally hard. Um, for me personally, um, my struggle with this industry is that I really now have to educate hotels the way they need to do the marketing approach because I believe also in other niches, business owners can relate that marketing will be the first thing businesses want to cut off, Yeah. which obviously, okay, I'm in marketing, I will say this, but I really believe it's true. You shouldn't do that. You can adjust your budget. It doesn't mean that we marketing people will take all your money <laughs> to, mm -hmm. because we believe in, in, in doing marketing, but it is so flexible. You can do For example, social media, it's the less expensive way. But if you create the right strategy, the right messaging. So what I'm doing, I'm trying now to educate hotels that please do something, even in-house, even yourselves, whatever your opportunities are that, that you can handle right now. But don't keep silent because I believe they will do amazing things when they will open But it won't make sense if they are not communicating it. They are losing so many uh, people who would love to experience that, what they have figured out inside you know, their meetings, mm -hmm. what will happen next in their hotel. So, so um, it sounds as though like you've, there's been a bit of a pivot then in terms of your business moving more from the the like the physical marketing side into the more of an education type role at the moment type business model at the moment in terms of providing educational services to the hotels so that they keep keep things going in a way that's going to be positive for them long term was that switch for you an easy switch that move from the more marketing side into the education side was that something that was easy to do No, I think it just came naturally because I, I, before this happened, I had great successful meetings with potential clients in Mallorca. We were about to close the deal and then it all just collapsed in one day. So my mind was like, okay, obviously they won't need me to now do their SEO, social media, whatever, as I, I am used to do it. And And because I started to hearing so many no's and like, no, we, we don't need your services right now. I, I understood that they, they need to understand why they need my services. Even if they won't be hiring me at the moment, um, even if not my services, but marketing in general, even in-house or in any form, they can afford doing it right now because I really strongly believe in, in the strategies I have in my mind. So if, if I believe in them so strongly, I'm so eager to deliver that information and, and make them understand what they can do to improve their business. Mm -hmm. So it, I think it just came naturally. So it sounds as though this, um, this, this virus situation has given you the impetus needed to perhaps clarify your value proposition as it were like where where is my value and this is exactly this is why you need it that's for sure because 
Honestly, now I've become more active myself on LinkedIn, approaching people, networking. Before that, I knew exactly the steps I needed to do, but I felt, I don't know, a little bit shy even, what people will think. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I struggle with that sometimes too. And um, this whole situation allowed me to feel more confident because I thought if, if I believe it so strongly, I don't care what happens. If someone will think it's wrong, I don't care. I believe in that. And I, I think it has happened to a lot of people in, in this uh, period of time. And people now are realizing that they can create their own personal brand and, and approach people more easily. And those who are using this opportunity, they are winning for sure. Yeah. Well, definitely. I think... Um the ridiculous set of circumstances that have been the beginning of 2020 have been a, a pressure cooker and pressure is it invariably ends up showing where the cracks are, but it also shows exactly where you can take that pressure, like where the pressure can be held, where you can shoulder the burden as it were. So, um, yeah, I think for some individuals myself, um, it's been overall very positive and it sounds as though this has been, though inconvenient and some, a bit of a, a hiatus on what you were doing beforehand, it sounds as though this has all been a very positive situation. I am trying to turn it into a positive situation. It doesn't mean that I'm not stressful and that I have no idea when I will really be able to work full time. It's, you know, it is a positive situation when you look at positive situation the reality is that it, you can always get better and and I think all business owners well not all but many business owners are struggling with their business right now and um, yeah I, I think obviously my business would have been better if not this situation mm -hmm. but but yes I'm, I'm just looking what I can do to use it in in my own benefit and and that's how it is. But it is still stressful. Of course it is. And, and, and uncertainty is, is there. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But, um, see what happens. See, yeah. see, see, what the, see what the journey continues to bring. Um, you mentioned briefly earlier that um, when you went through that period of burnout, you then started sleeping more and then also meditating more as well in terms of the the self-care practices that you've you implement that you make use of what have you found have been the most um beneficial for you meditation practice is huge for sure um i'm trying to do it daily not always um it happens but the more i do it the more i realize that it helps so I'm trying to start my day uh, with a meditation um, and it really changes the vibe and the feeling for the rest of the day when I meditate and it doesn't have to take a lot of time, even 10 minutes is fine, whatever you can uh, spend on, on, on that day. Um, I yes that 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 has really uh, helped me a lot because you can calm your mind and and you can set the intention and that can motivate you for the rest of the day 
So, yeah, it's, and, and the more you do it, the easier it becomes. You know, at, at first, it's, of, of course, it's hard to stay still and, 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 and do that. But uh, with, with practicing, it becomes easier and, 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 and you feel the benefits for sure. And there are also some, some yoga as well. Uh, that that's what I've been trying to do at least three times a week. I'm not, you know, saying that I'm perfect doing every single day, but even if you do it once in a while and, and you stick to some sort of routine, you can, you know, say that you can do it. It's going to be fine. And, and then just start with some sort of discipline and then maybe uh, add some more with time when you start feeling comfortable with your existing one. So it doesn't have to be extreme from the very beginning. Even small steps count. Mm -hmm. Build the habits. Build the habits slowly. Incremental layers. Um, yeah, I think for me as well, meditation is a... It, it, for something that you can spend so little time doing, the amount of value, just as you said, like 10 minutes a day can bring is entirely disproportionate to the amount of effort that you have to put in. So yeah, meditation is a massive one. So we are now starting to bump up against the hour. Um, so one final question that I like to ask all of my guests is as we've we've explored some of your um, your journey with mental health and depression and anxiety around that sort of thing. One final question I like to ask is if there is someone who is listening to this podcast right now and they find that they are really struggling with their state, maybe they're feeling particularly depressed, particularly anxious, burnt out, whatever, what would be one thing that they could do right now that would help them move forward through that? One thing, we just touched the meditation and I think this is a good start. And what they need to do during those meditations is trying to shift from negative thinking to positive thinking. And if they, if they are usually saying, oh, I'm not doing well, I'm not succeeding, just change the way you speak during the day if you want to say oh i'm not doing well say oh i'm doing fantastic it will feel maybe unnatural at first but just manifest you know the, everything we are saying out loud has the energy and if, if you start saying out loud to yourself to your family to your friends i'm doing great I'm, I'm succeeding and do it. In, in, and when you say it, say it in the present, not in the future, that you are doing well right now. And it will shift the way you think about yourself, about your life. And it will also give you the motivation to actually make it happen. And you will feel that the energy and people around you will change when you shift your mind to positive thinking. Awesome. Perfect. I think that is the perfect place to finish up. Thank you very much, Linda. This has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much for sharing your experiences. Thank you for having me. You are more than welcome. And thank you very much for listening. That was Rolling Forward. I hope you enjoyed listening to this as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you enjoyed this episode or you feel that there is something that I should be talking about or someone that I should be talking to, please don't hesitate to get in touch. 
The most effective way to do that is to leave a review on iTunes or whatever podcasting app you are listening on. I will read any and all reviews, so please leave me your comments so I can provide you with even more value. Again, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you next time.